Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News. Since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. I'm Joey Pizzolatto, editor of Auto Finance News, and joining me, as always, is Amanda Harris, associate editor. Welcome back from the long weekend. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending July 2nd, 2021. As always, I want to thank Auto Finance News advertisers, Alpha, Agora Data, DealerTrack, Defy Solutions, and Spirion for their continued support. In general news, work from home initiatives continue to be top of mind for the financial services industry. Some banks, such as JP Morgan Chase and Goldman Sachs, have taken a hard line on when employees need to return to the office, but others, such as Citigroup, find that a flexible approach opens up the potential talent pool across the country. On that note, the pace of U.S. hiring accelerated in June, according to the Department of Labor, climbing by 850,000 jobs, largely due to increases in the leisure and hospitality industries. It is the largest gain in the last 10 months, but unemployment still edged up to 5.9% due to the fact that more people are voluntarily leaving, voluntarily leaving their jobs and, an, and the number of job seekers rose. The employment market has favored employees as many industries and small businesses are finding it difficult to fill job vacancies. In auto finance, subprime lender Exeter Finance announced that it will be acquired by private equity firm Warburg Pincus by year-end 2021 from a fund managed by Blackstone, which has owned 91.26% of Exeter since August 2011. Amanda, you and I worked on this story together, so I guess to start, you know, what stood out to you? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously Exeter is, um, you know, kind of growing lately, so they've seen their loan and lease volume go up, um, compared with even pre-COVID numbers, um, so they especially in the larger markets. So I'm sure that poses, um, you know, some positivity for them and, and this deal. Um, so that, that kind of stood out to me. Um, and they also partner with, they partner with CarMax. So that is kind of showing like they're, you know, they have like that digital side and the technology side. Um, so a couple of things that just seem like this, um, you know, is kind of a good deal for this investment group um, since this is, you know, a time to kind of get into companies who are doing those kind of things. Um, that kind of stood out to me um, from just like some of the innovative things that they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, having that plug into like that retail channel through CarMax um, is definitely a big plus for them. And as you mentioned, right, they, they have been growing. Um, you know, this is one of the first acquisitions of an auto finance company that I've seen. Um, you know, in, you know, my two and a half years on the beat. Um, and, you know, it kind of looks to be a solid one from a balance sheet perspective. Um, if, if you look at their pre-tax income, um, it's been steadily increasing since 2016. Um, last year in 2020, Exeter reported a net income of $228.9 million, which was up from 2019's figure of $172.3 million. Um, which was up from 2018, 2017, and 2016's uh, pre-tax income of 94 million, 45 million, and 31 million. So, you know, if you look at their trajectory, like that's that's some pretty solid growth. Um, and combined, you know, with their their um, 
uh, like you said, technology initiatives with White Clark Group's Calms and um, their origination volume. Um, you know, I, th I think that that it's it's pretty good. And you know, also, you know, if you look at auto, right? Like it's been performing really well. Um, if you look at the securitization market, investors want to invest in in auto bonds. Um, they're safe. They provide a decent return. Um, especially when you, um, you know, incorporate spreads into that. Um, so I think that a lot of, um, I think all, all this excess capital that, it, that investment firms have had with the way the equities market is, is um, you know, performed over the last year really is kind of feeding into, you know, this want and desire to, um, you know, invest in auto finance companies. So I would imagine, you know, especially considering what we're going to look at tomorrow with, um, you know, Santander Holdings looking to acquire the rest of um, Santander consumers' outstanding shares that, you know, this might not be, you know, kind of a open and closed um, shut case. Uh, and we'll probably see this this um, coming out more and more. You yeah, know, also what we're monitoring is, um, you know, the new vehicle SAR, um, which came out a little bit below, below Cox Automotive's original forecast of 16.4 million units to about 15.3. You know, clearly we're starting to see the ramifications of, of tight inventory. So I guess, I don't know, my question, you know, do you think we should be worried? So, yeah, so Cox Auto originally had um, what, I mean, they've admitted it was a little bit uh, maybe optimistic for everything going on. Um, but then we did get, you know, TrueCore had their forecast come out and it was a little lower, um, which seems to be maybe, you know, maybe we'll be around the middle or, or closer probably to that lower number. Um, I think that's gonna be a little more accurate um, because, you know, we're in the point now where obviously you get to a point where if you don't have cars on the lot, you can't sell them. Um, so I think that's the biggest concern right now is, you know, so far the tight inventory has, kind of helped, especially dealers, because they're making quite a bit of money on all the cards that they sell. Um, you know, a story I'm working on today, you know, I've really kind of touched on the fact that, you know, or kind of heard about the fact that manufacturers, since they are limited with how many cards they can produce right now, they're going to produce some more expensive ones, which is what consumers want anyway, because we know there's been this kind of move toward SUVs and trucks, and that hasn't, that hasn't changed late, like yet. Um, so we know that that's the demand. But it, you know, you're at a point now where either the cars that come are already pre-claimed, so like pre-orders, people are doing those. Ford's actually apparently doing a $1,000 incentive if you pre-order a car with them. Um, so I don't have all the details, but I did get that little nugget today in a conversation I had. So it just shows that like, you know, these cars as they're coming out may have already been claimed. So if you are someone like me still trying to go and just find kind of what you're looking for on a whim or, you know, you didn't plan like last year and pre-order your vehicle like months ago, um, then you might not be able to find it. So now we're getting to a point where, you know, people are pulling back a little bit and sales are struggling more because of the tight inventory. So what's been kind of driving prices up, making, you know, dealers make more money, making the demand so high, kind of helping the industry. Now we're getting to a point where now it might be hindering us a little bit. Um, so I think that's kind of the concern is like how long these things can uphold to that and whether or not sales will start going down and down, down. Cause this is like, I think the third month in a row where the SAR is dropped, 
where we have been having pretty strong sales, even with tighter inventory, because people were just like, I'm just going to get what I can get. But now we're just like running out even the second and third options for people. Um, so I do think there is a concern. Um, it's just because we don't really know how long this chip shortage is going to last. And so there's nothing that really tells us, oh, this will be over, you know, by whatever month. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's not even like that kind of light to like say, oh, at this point, we'll be able to like kind of start rebounding inventory because all the things that have been in place are going to be there for like the next foreseeable future until everything kind of gets fixed. So, and, you know, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with like pricing. We already know, you know, in a low interest rate environment, pricing is competitive. Um, you know, we've been hearing from dealers that we talk to that pricing is you know, lenders are being aggressive uh, to try and grab that market share. So, you know, with it goes without saying, without sales, there's no originations. Um, so if this keeps, um, I guess, falling, right, then we're going to we're, we're gonna see a, an even tighter market than we already have. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, kind of how this whole thing plays out. You know, we, JJ had mentioned at the beginning of the year that inventory was going to be, um, you know, the biggest pain point, and clearly, like, it is. And you know, we're even seeing that, you know, the effects of that playing down in the used car market. I mean, if you look at uh, refi um, LTVs on, on uh, refinance applications, they're they're at like a record low at 102 percent. Um, just because you uh, use vehicle values are, you know, really propping up the, those LTVs. Um, and then on, on the inflation side as well, um, you know, used vehicle values are, are really kind of one of the main drivers for that, that large spike in, in the inflation rate. Um, I know you talked to um, a couple um, ec economists at Moody's uh, last week. What was the, like the, the prime takeaway? What, what can we be looking out for? Yeah, so inflation the last couple of months, um, really, especially in like April to now, just jumped up like overall. So it was like around the 5% mark, a little lower some months, um, but around there. And, you know, normally it's like two. <laughs> um, so, but the, the kind of the big takeaway was a lot of like auto did prop that up quite a bit. Um, so it did lead, um, you know, to, to much of that increase um, because car prices got so high, you know, all that kind of connected dots kind of thing. But the other big takeaway was that the industry is not really concerned about inflation because this is a temporary thing and it's already starting to correct itself, you know, um, because it's starting to transition. And we get that word a lot, transitory, um, was kind of a big word of the day with talking about inflation. <laughs> Um, but because, you know, car prices, like we said, are going to start, sales are going to start being hindered by this. So prices are going to have to kind of start coming down because consumers also, there's only so much, like people are willing to spend money right now on cars because they want them, but there's only so much like you can increase a price of any good before people start to be like, you know what, I'm out. Like I, I can't, mm -hmm. like we're already over 40,000 as an average transaction price at this point, um, you know, way higher than like than it has been the last few years, even from last year. Uh, so the thought is as vehicle values do start to come down, that like kind of temporary influx that kind of the overall inflation rate saw because of vehicles will also kind of come down and then it will become more of like where it really is. So if you take out like cars, 
then the actual inflation rate is really much lower. And so it, it's kind of one of those things that's like almost, um, you know, temporary and heightened when really there's like hidden things happening. Um, so that's the kind of just as like people don't really need to freak out too much about it because it is going to come back down. And we're not, we're still not in a period of very high inflation that's going to last for a while. Um, it's not quite like years ago in the 70s and stuff when inflation was just like this really big thing that lasted and ended up being like permanent shifts. We're not in that situation. Right. Inflation is like the big bad wolf, right? As soon as, as, soon as people start talking about inflation, everyone gets scared. Um, the equities market that, you know, fluctuates wildly. Um, but like you said, you know, as, as soon as that number comes down a little bit, you know, that could spur consumer confidence um, to get back into the auto market. And as you said, if, you know, values kind of start to at least level off a little bit, um, that might also um, help to get consumers back in the market and kind of, uh, you know, fill the holes uh, where, where we're missing um, on the SAR. And the other side of that is, so you have what like economists and stuff are seeing and like kind of worried about, but then you have like what consumers are seeing. And we've talked about just a minute ago, dealers are not going to offload that as much to the consumer side. Like those sticker prices, they're not nearly as high as like one would think with given like the average and all that stuff because they want customers on their lots and they want to sell the vehicle and make the money off of all the related you know, interest and insurance and, mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, so I think it, too, like people obviously have seen gas prices and stuff go up. So that's always driving some of the panic, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but for car prices, they're still buying them and they're not really like passing that on quite as much because um, they're making their money elsewhere. So that's kind of one of the things happening too. Yeah, right, exactly. And also parts and service. You know, that's, they make a ton of revenue by getting the people back into their dealership um, to, you know, repair anything that happens. Um, so, yeah, there's a ton of other drivers that, you know, motivate um, dealers outside of just, you know, the vehicle sale. So that'll be interesting to, to keep an eye on, too. Um, that about does it for us today. Uh, as I mentioned, tomorrow we're going to be taking a deeper dive into Santander uh, Holdings potential acquisition of Santander Consumer USA. Um, and as always, we want to hear from you, our listeners. Uh, please rate the roadmap on whichever platform you use to listen to us and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, thanks for joining us and we'll see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time.